Everlasting God. Everlasting God. I got a praise report from someone today. This is how it's written. I'm just going to read it straight to you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Yes, right? It's a good way to start. This person had um, heart surgery. I believe it was a quadruple bypass a few weeks ago. Went to the doctor that did the surgery with my grandson. And when the doctor came in, he didn't know what to say for a moment. He was like, he couldn't understand how good I was doing. My grandson said it was so cool to witness. He was just stunned by the results. I said, it's. He was just stunned by the results. I said, it's just a God thing. And for a man that didn't ever think about God, he said, I think you're right. (laughs) He was with you. And he said, I said he was. He then told me to go to my other doctor, which was in the same building, and he helped me track. And he helped track, helped me track him down to make sure I get everything and the best treatment possible. I've never seen a doctor do this before. Praise God. The doctor also told me that I was well over the 50-yard line, way ahead of the game, because as you know, he didn't think I was going to make it. That's when I told him, "That's where God comes in." God is good and all is well. Hope you're having a wonderful day. (laughs) Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. You're so good, God. You're awesome. Awesome. When I went to respond to him, I said, I just heard the news. Our God, three exclamation marks. And then I went to say, he is, and I just couldn't find the words. And so I said, dot, dot, dot. Well, he just is. What a wonderful report. You know, when they were singing about the everlasting God, I couldn't help but think about the word Yahweh, which just means he exists. Oh my goodness. Aren't we so glad he is? That he is. And because he is, he's everything everything to us and we have access to everything because he is so so good praise the lord praise the lord you can be seated hallelujah i just don't want to stop Oh, Lord, we give you this service. Do what you want to do. Everything you want done, Father, we want to be sensitive to you. (laughs) Because we want your glory. Father, we want you to have glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, a few weeks ago, Eric spoke, and he was up here, and he was talking about worship. And when he did, he mentioned that he was using my notes. And so because of that, Pastor asked me to come and expound more on worship. So that's my assignment tonight. You know, worship, I know in our modern day church, we use that to mean like a song or or the song portion of the service. But that's not what it means in the Bible. 
You know, um, Romans 12.1 in the Passion Translation says, What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? What should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? (laughs) And then it says, To surrender yourselves to God, to be his sacred living sacrifices. This becomes your genuine expression of worship. See, worship according to the Bible means you give all of you to God. That God is your everything. And that word worship literally means to bow. It means to bow down before someone as an act of submission or reverence. It's like to come up under God. Like, he's your God and you know you're under him. And one of the earliest places that you'll find this word worship in the Old Testament is Genesis 22, verse 5. And this is when Abraham is taking Isaac to the mountain. (laughs) And he says, he turns to the people with him and he says, I and the lad will go over there and we will worship and return to you. And we will return to you. You know, there's a lot that's been said. On that sentence, the faith that was in that, that he said, we will return when he knew right well that he was going to sacrifice Isaac. So this word worship is complete surrender to God. It's obedience, it's submission, it's sacrifice, you know, but God never leaves you without. Never. The great thing about this mention of worship is that as you know, the story goes on. And when he gets ready to sacrifice Isaac, the angel stops him and God has a ram in the thicket for him. And so Abraham calls God Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. So worship, the word worship is intrinsically connected to your provider. When you worship, you're connecting to the provider. Yeah, that's really good, right? Because then Abraham got what he really wanted, and that was to not kill his son. And God gave him another sacrifice. Amen? So God is so, so good to us. And as we worship, as we surrender, submit, obey, trust, That's a big one. We are always connecting to the provider. He's never not going to come through for you when you worship. When you worship. God said to Norville Hayes one time, he tells the story. He said he was driving along in his car and God spoke to him almost audibly. And God said, son, the church is sadly lacking. My children basically love me, but they live in poverty and sickness and defeat. They don't live in heaven's blessing because they don't worship me enough. I'm their God and they're my children. If you teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. Just by worshiping him more. He'll do great and mighty things for you. That's what he said. And so God went on to tell Norval that he didn't worship him enough either. (laughs) 
And so once, Norval Hayes said, once he got this word, he changed the way he lived. It changed the way he lived. And he began to make worship a priority like recognizing God, praising him, thanking him on a continuous basis. Daily, continuous worship. And not just in front of everyone, but at home when nobody could see him. You know, he would sing praises. He would say thanks. He would say thanks in the car. He would do all those things. And he said once God told him this and once he's changed his life and made it a priority, he never experienced financial, financial lack again in his life ever. He always had more than enough for himself and the ministry. They always had money in the bank for what they needed when they needed it. Praise God. That's testimony. That's a witness, right? Praise God. Some of you probably remember the story Keith Moore tells about a guy in his congregation that wanted to quit smoking. And he told the guy, every time you pull out the cigarettes to smoke, just begin to thank God that you're free from the cigarettes. Like, thank you, Lord, I'm free from the cigarettes. (laughs) You know, I'm so free. Thank you, Lord, you make me free. You know, he just told him, keep thanking God, thanking God when you say that. And he did it even though he felt really weird. Like, you know, you, you almost feel like a hypocrite when you do it. When you don't feel like it, but you say it anyway. Because it's the truth. It's the truth. And the truth will set you free. And so he did it and he kept doing it. And guess what? He got free. Well, what is that? That's, that's praise. That's worship. That's worship because he was naming God as his Lord. In the face of the cigarettes. In the face of the thing that was trying to master him, he was telling the cigarettes who his Lord really was. That's worship. That's praise. And our words are so, so important to our worship and our praise. Because you can't allow the devil to keep you from God. You can't. You have to talk to God in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. You have to praise God in the midst of whatever you're dealing with. You can't let, just because you're dealing with something and you feel less than to, to keep you from his presence. That's where the freedom is where the spirit of the Lord is. There is Liberty. So we have to continue to continually get in his presence until it's consumed because Hills melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. It will melt like wax at the presence of the Lord. He says, God is a consuming fire. Remember on that that mountain with Elijah when the fire came down and consumed the sacrifice? When you give yourself as a living sacrifice, God will consume it right out of your life. That's what he does and set you ablaze. Woo! I'll take that, Lord, right now if you want. See, what you've done doesn't change who he is. What you've done doesn't change who he is. He's still deserving of your worship. No matter what you've done, no matter where you're stuck, no matter what's happened, keep worshiping. Keep talking to him. Because as you worship him for who he is, he will be. As you worship him as a provider, he will show himself strong as your provider. As you worship him as your healer, he will show himself to be your healer. Because no matter what the circumstances say, he is who he says he is. And nothing changes that. 
And so Hebrews 4.16 tells us, come boldly to the throne of grace. Don't let every, anything keep you from that. Don't let anything keep you from coming. Now, I know I'm talking to a church full of believers on a Wednesday night. So I know I'm talking to a room full of worshipers already. But I'm going to remind us of the things we know tonight. And you can take it out those back doors, out into the world with you. Amen? So come boldly to the throne of grace. You can't let anything keep you from his presence. Nothing, no matter the lies the devil whispers in your ear, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter if you feel like it or not, come boldly to the throne of grace. My dad told me a powerful line one time and I wrote it down and I've remembered it ever since. I, I, you know how you scotch tape things where you can see them? I scotch taped it on my computer at the top of my screen for years it sat there. And it said, the more time you spend at the throne of grace, the more grace you will operate in. So you can't let anything keep you from the throne of grace because grace is what we need. Grace, the Bible says, is what enables us, empowers us to live godly in this present age. So we have to go to the throne of grace. And you know what's awesome about the throne of grace is that it's where God is. And every time you go there, I don't know about you, but I'm so in awe of him. I'm so in awe of him. Because when you go to the throne in your mind, sometimes when I worship, I think I close my eyes in church and I think and I sing and in my mind, I'm seeing God sitting on his throne and that's who I'm singing to. And I'm so in awe of him. And I'm so in awe of grace because what is mine that what is man that you are mindful of him? I'm so in awe of grace that he would give us the gift of righteousness and of grace. The Bible tells us that causes us to reign in life. Oh my goodness, I'm so in awe of him. And when you're in awe of him, the words just tumble out who he is to you. You know, even as they were singing and I sat down and I just started thanking God for his mercy and his loving kindness and his faithfulness to me. And that he is the king of kings. And the most high God. Almighty God. I mean, go through his names. You know? The God who's ever present. Always with me. Thank you, God. I'm so in awe of you. So amazing. He's so awesome. And when you start doing that and and you're holding fast to who, who God is, like, he's your God. You know, that's what Jesus said when he rose from the dead. He told Mary, he said, you go tell my brethren. He called us his brothers. Like his fam. You're his fam. He calls you his fam. You go tell my family. I mean, we had been servants up to that point. We had even been friends. But he said, you go tell my brethren. That I'm ascending to, your, to my God and your God. Amen. To my Father and your Father. That's what Jesus did for us. Amen. He made God our God and our Father because before that, there was someone else reigning in this world. But Jesus took it all back. Amen. Isn't that awesome? My God. He's my God. And you'll hear me say that during worship sometimes. If you're listening, if you're anywhere near me, I'll just say, my God, my God. 
Like I'm, I'm like territorial. My God. No, you're my God. No, he's your God. No, he's my God. He's mine. He's mine. He's all mine. He's mine. Because I have a revelation that he's mine. He's my God. He's my father. He's my father. The best dad you'll ever have. My father. My father. That's what Jesus did. And so Psalm 100 verse 4, you know what it says. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. I really like the passion translation. The kid in me really likes the passion translation version. Because it says, you can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. You know how you always ask, what's the password? Praise. Praise. So now you know my secret password. Praise. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. So no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what's going on around you, if you'll just start thanking him, you'll come right into his presence. That's a promise. That's a promise. You know that word? So the word, you know, he promises to fill our mouth with good things. And so when we were reading that Psalm 81 and God was saying, I'll fill your mouth and you'll decree it and I'll fulfill it. That's when we sing songs that are like biblical, because they're not all, but the songs in this church, we sing songs of truth and faith and righteousness. And as we speak those words, we're decreeing them in our life. As you pray, you're decreeing things into the earth. And so our words are super important. And so the word for praise, you know, the Hebrew word is hallel, which sounds like hallelujah, right? Yeah, because hallelujah means praise God. Praise Yah, which means God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise, that word means to celebrate, to celebrate him, to laud him. That word laud, so I'm going to do a little bit of teaching tonight because I just, you know, pastor gets to teach on the Holy Spirit, so I'm going to teach on praise. Is that okay? I'm going to give you some like backbone, okay? So that word praise is the word to laud. To laud means to extol in words. In words. See how important your words are? It means to extol in words, to honorably mention somebody. To sing in honor. To boast. That's my favorite one. I love to boast on God. That's what praise is. It's your boasting on him. And that word laud comes from the same root as loud. In case there was anyone in here who thinks worship should be quiet. Or praises should be quiet. I just want you to know the word praise comes from the same root as the word loud. And it doesn't have to be pretty. If, I mean, because some of you might be as pretty as the worship team, but I am not. My, I do not sound like they sound. <clears throat> I wish I did, but I simply don't. So your words are super important. Let me read you something in contrast to this. So we're talking about worshiping and we're talking about how important our words are in our worship and praise. Okay? Revelations, now remember this is a contrast, so it's going to be a little bit of a downer. Revelations 13.4 says... So they worshiped the dragon who gave authority to the beast. So these are bad things. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? 
Who is able to make war with him? But that's how we praise our God. Because we say, who is like our God? Who can defeat our God? No one is like him. But see how important words are? And the reason I bring that up is because sometimes the doctors will say, well, you'll die of this. So who can make war with this beast? You see what I'm saying? So we have to watch our words because who is like the beast? Who is like this cancer? What is like cancer? What, what is like, you know what I mean? Well, you don't know um, my lack. You don't know the depths of my poverty. We have to, what are we worshiping? Because our words, this says they were worshiping the beast when they said those kinds of things. So we have to be really careful what we're allowing in our mouth, what we're extolling in words, what we're honorably mentioning. I know we don't mean to honorably mention stuff like that, but we just have to be careful because we don't, definitely don't want to be worshiping Satan or his efforts, right? So this word praise, it also means celebrated. I told you it means to celebrate someone, to celebrate. So it comes from a root meaning to use the hand. Yeah, right? To hold out the hand. To revere or worship with extended hands. In case you wonder why we do this. Or why we like, yeah, Jesus. It's like, I'm celebrating him. I got uplifted hands. Woo! Hold out the hand. Yeah. So that's all, all within the definition of praise. Are those kinds of things. That's why we do what we do. God says in Isaiah 13... He says, I have called my mighty ones. I've called my mighty ones. Those who rejoice in exalting me. That's who God considers a mighty one. Those who rejoice in God getting exaltation. Those are mighty ones to him. I know we don't always think of that, but there it is, Isaiah 13. And then 1 Chronicles 16, 35 says there's triumph in his praise. You know, the New Testament, we turn there and it says, he always causes us to triumph. Always causes us to triumph. But I think that's in his praise. As long as we're boasting in him, he will come through for us. It's about knowing who he is and declaring who he is over your life. When this man got the report and the doctors told him they didn't think he was going to make it through the surgery, he's like, well, that's where my God comes in. That's how we talk. That's how believers talk. That's how worshipers talk. The Bible says, John 4, 23, Jesus said, true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. It's not about a certain place. It's not about a certain time. It's just everything, all the time. It's just your heart condition to worship him all the time. He's so good. So... I, I kind of want to sing again. But before we do that, so be thinking over there, Danny. I know God's going to give you some songs because I think we should go out singing. Don't you think we should all go out singing? Everyone, are we all in agreement? We're going to go out singing? Okay. So the majority wins. But before we do that, um, I want to talk about, I mean, you guys, I'm, I, if, I get, if, I could, if I could show you all of my notes on this, you just wouldn't believe it, but... There's so many verses on worship. I probably have over 100, maybe 150 verses on worship. How worship is 
comes in the form of giving, according to the Bible. It's serving. It's standing. It's bowing down in honor. It's bowing your head. It's worship as seeking God and inquiring of him. Worship as clinging to God. These are all words that God says. The Bible even talks about vain worship. And there were so many people that that the Bible says came and worshipped him. Jesus. In the New Testament. I probably have 25 scriptures on that alone. Starting with the wise men. Remember they came, fell down and worshipped him. Lepers worshipped him. The centurion worshipped him. J. Iris came and fell down and worshipped him. The Syrophoenician woman came down and fell down and worshipped him. All of those mean they bowed down to him and they worshipped him as, as Lord. And guess what? Every single one of them received. Every single one of them received. See what I mean? Your worship is tied to Jehovah Jireh. It will connect you to him. So I want to go over praise. Praise. That means with your mouth. Praise, lauding him, boasting in him, extolling him with your words, honorably mentioning him. Because let's face it, Danny said as he stood up here, he's like the whole earth is filled. Right? And the Bible says the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of God. Well, how is that going to happen? Our words. We're going to tell them the knowledge of the Lord. We're going to give them the knowledge of the Lord. We're going to let them know who he is. Through our lives, our testimonies, our stories, and just plain worship. And praise. That's how we're going to fill the earth. Is with our, with our words. With the, fill, the earth is filled. Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 9. Hold on. I know I wrote it down. I'm looking. I'm looking. Isaiah 11. The earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Woo! Gentiles will seek him and his resting place shall be glorious. Well, guess where his resting place is? In praise. One of the other definitions for praise is preparing him a habitation. That's praise. And his resting place is glorious. Don't we want to see his glory? Yes. Manifest your glory, Lord. All right. So I'm going to, as quickly as I can, go through all of these. Because I'm going to tell you about praise. I'm going to tell you who, where, when, how, and why. You ready? Who should praise? 1 Peter 2.9 says the chosen generation, the royal priesthood, the holy nation, his own special people shall proclaim the praises of him. Psalm 149 says, let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth. Saints. It says those who seek him will praise the Lord. Those who fear the Lord praise him. Make a joyful shout to God all the earth. That's who should praise him. All the earth should praise him. All the earth. Make his praise glorious, it says. Psalm 66 says, oh, bless our God, you peoples. Are you a people? I'm a people. Bless the Lord, oh, you peoples. And make the voice of his praise to be heard. That means you don't praise like Praise out loud. Loud and proud. Psalm 135, 1 says, praise the Lord, you servants of the Lord. Psalm 138.4 says, all the kings of the earth will praise you. Psalm 106 says, those who believe his words sing his praise. Psalm 74.20 says, let the poor and needy praise your name. Psalm 148. Are you ready for this one? Praise the Lord. 
Praise him, all his angels, all his hosts, sun and moon, stars of light, heavens of heavens, waters above the heavens. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Praise the Lord, you great sea creatures in all the depths, fire and hail, snow and clouds, stormy wind, mountains and all hills, fruitful trees and all cedars, beasts and all cattle, creeping things, flying fowl, kings of the earth, all peoples, princes and all judges of the earth, both young men and maidens, old men and children. Praise the Lord. If you didn't find yourself in that list, you were not listening. Praise the Lord. I don't think anything got out from there. Nothing. The whole earth shall praise him. So where, where are we supposed to praise? Psalm 27, six, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing praises to the Lord. Psalm 22, 22, in the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Psalm 111.1, praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright. Raise your hand if you're upright. That's everybody in the room. Upright and in the congregation. That means you can do it in the congregation, not just on the platform. In the congregation. We praise him. And then... 1 Samuel twenty two fifty says, Therefore I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the Gentiles, and sing praises to your name. That means when you leave here, and you go out in the world, and you're at work, and you're around unbelievers, you will praise him. You will give thanks to him and sing praises to his name. Have you ever found yourself, like, just all of a sudden you were singing a praise song, or you forgot where you were? Like, walking through Hobby Lobby, or... You know, and you were singing, you're like, oh, I was singing out loud. I didn't realize I was singing out loud. Like, I'll come out of the post office and I'll just, you know, be singing. And, you know, it's hard at Christmas time not to do it because it's everywhere and it's all about God. And I love that. Psalm 911 says, sing praises to the Lord, declare his deeds among the people. So anyone you're around, declare his deeds. Psalm 1083, I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples, among the nations. 2 Kings 3, 14 and 15 teaches us to praise the Lord when you need a word from God. Because the prophet said, bring me a musician. I need a word from the Lord, bring me a musician. They praised. And Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18 teaches us when all is lost, praise because your God is going to come through. It says, I will yet praise him. Even when all is lost. I will yet praise him. I yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Because if you talk about him as the God of your salvation, he will become the God of your salvation. So we call him what he is, not what we see. You know, there was a man of God, and I can't remember which one said it, but God said to him one time, I told my people they can have whatever they say, but they keep saying what they have. All right, how should we praise him? First Chronicles 19 says, sing to him, sing praise to him, talk of his wondrous works. So you can sing about it. You can talk about it. First Chronicles 19, 23 says, proclaim the good news. That's just like a little more out there than talk, you know, proclaim. First Chronicles 23, 30 says, stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. Get out of bed. You're standing up, praise and thank the Lord. That's how you do it. Second Chronicles 2019 says, praise the Lord God with voices loud and high. That's how you do it with voices loud and high. <laughs> Psalm 59:17 says, sing aloud of his mercy. 
That's how you do it. Sing aloud of his mercy. Psalm 66 says, make a joyful shout to God. Have you ever been in the praise and worship and they're singing and you just have to shout? You just have to, woohoo! Yes! I do that. Sometimes I'll just say, woo! So good. Because he's so good and I just can't hold it in. That's how you do this. This is how you praise according to the Bible. This isn't Nikki. I'm reading verses and they're not from first Nikki. Make a joyful shout to, to God, all the earth. Sing out the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your works. This is how we praise. Psalm 149.3, praise with dance. You didn't know that was in there. Praise with dance. Psalm twenty two twenty two. I will praise you. I will declare your name to my brethren. Psalm 34, 1, boast and magnify him. You know, when you magnify him, you make him big. You make him big, bigger than your problems, bigger than what's going on in the world. Big, magnify, you make him big. Psalm 34, 28 says, my tongue shall speak. So you speak, you speak of him. It says, I'll speak of your righteousness and your praise all the day long. So as I'm reading these, I'm also giving you things to say. Speak of his righteousness. Speak of his faithfulness. Speak of his praise. Psalm 63, 3 through 5 says, My lips shall praise you, and I will lift up my hands in your name. My mouth will praise you with joyful lips. As if lips wasn't enough, then he told us it was supposed to be joyful lips. That means you should be smiling while you're worshiping. I don't know if, uh, Pastor, can you be joyful and not smiling? I, I, I think that would be pretty hard to be joyful. You'd have to purpose. You'd have to sit there and purpose, Mr. Vic, to not smile if you're joyful. You know, when you come to the Bible and it says about praise, it will say over and over again, I will praise. Because praise is a choice of your will. You have to choose to praise. You choose it above everything else. And remember, it connects you to the provider. It will connect you to the God of your salvation. I will, Psalm 69, 30 says, I will praise the name of God with a song and magnify him with thanksgiving. Luke 2, 13 says, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest. <laughs> glory to God in the highest. Even if you just stopped on a like, you know, weak moment and made yourself say glory to God in the highest. And said that like five times. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. He's the highest. He's the high. He's the most high. God. He is almighty God. Where could you go from there? Acts 3, 8 says he went walking, leaping, and praising God. So that's how you can do it, right? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing, thanksgiving. Sing praise to God. I will praise the Lord with my mouth. Praise him with the trumpet, the lute, the harp, the timbrel, the dance, the stringed instruments. This is Psalm 150. The flutes, the loud cymbals. I'm going to give that one to Kedron, although I'm sure he already knows it. The clashing cymbals. With your breath, praise the Lord. With all your breath, praise the Lord. All right, now here's the good stuff. Are you ready? Why should you do it? Why should you praise? Because Exodus 15.2 says, the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father is God, and I will extol him. 
Leviticus 19.24 says we praise to celebrate harvest. 1 Chronicles 16.30 says to give thanks to his name and to boast in his praise. 1 Chronicles 19.24 says the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. When the Bible says he's greatly to be praised, that means like vehemently, I will praise him. Like, I don't know what that means, but that sounds like with all of you. You know what I mean? Vehemently. That doesn't sound like quietly. Does it, Stuart? It doesn't sound quiet. It, vehemently, it sounds like it's big time. Right? All right. First Chronicles 29, 13 says, I praise because yours is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. And you are exalted as head over all. Second Chronicles 23, 13 says, when I praise, it signifies to the enemy that he's lost. Oh, I like that one. I signify to the enemy that you're, you lose, you lose. I choose to praise. I win. You lose. That's why I praise. Just letting you know a thing or two, devil. Psalm 22, 13 Why do I praise? Because he inhabits the praises of his people. And everything is in his presence. Oh my goodness. Psalm 27, 6 says, Because my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. My head is going to be lifted above all my enemies. That's why I praise him. Psalm 47, 1 through 7 says, he is awesome. He is a great king. That's why I praise him. I sing praises to our king, for God is king of all the earth. Psalm 59, 16 and 17 says, you have been my defense and my refuge. That's why I praise him. For defense and refuge, right? To you, my strength, I will sing praises. Do you need strength? Sing praises. God is my defense, my God of mercy. Thank God he's a God of mercy. Praise God. Psalm 59, 16 and 17 says, you've been my, oh, I said that one. Psalm 78, 4 says, why do I praise? To tell the generations to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works, which he has done. That's why we praise him. We tell all the generations. We talk of his wonderful works. And then Psalm 148, 14 says, because he's the strength of his people. Simple. Psalm 42, because he's brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of a miry clay. He set my feet and established my steps. That's why I praise him. That's why I praise him. Psalm 40 verse 3 says he's put a new song in my mouth. Just believe that. Open your mouth and let him fill it. He's put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. Because that song is in our mouth. You know, when when people know you're going through a rough time or they see something happen at work or they know something that's happening in your family or anything like that and you're singing and you're singing, yes, I'm singing. They just don't get it. They don't get it. And so, but they'll see you come through. And then they know your God. They have a, a, a little, like, peephole into who your God is. You know what I mean? It sows seeds of trust in their heart. When they see you come through something, singing, praising him. 
Psalm 45, 17, I praise him to make his name remembered in all generations. Psalm 57, 7, I I praise because my heart is steadfast. No matter what's going around me, my heart is steadfast. So I'm going to keep on singing. I'm going to keep on praising. I'm going to keep on talking about how great he is. I don't care what my circumstances say. It doesn't change who my God is. It doesn't change who he says he is. And he will be that for me. And that will be my confession. I will sing and I will give him praise. Because his loving kindness is better than life. My lips will praise you. Psalm 63, 3. Psalm 66, 1 through 8, I will say to God, how awesome are your works. Oh my goodness. You deliver me from my enemies and lift me up above those who rise against me. Therefore, I will give thanks to you, O Lord. I will sing praises to your name. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and sing praises to his name. Psalm 92, 1 through 4, to declare your loving kindness and your faithfulness. Psalm 98, break forth in song. Just go ahead, just go ahead, just do it. Just, just break forth in the song. In your cubicle all by yourself, in your office with the door closed, just break forth in the song. Just, just do it. He has done marvelous things. You know, even when I haven't seen the manifestation yet, faith tells me marvelous things are on their way. So I just break forth in the song because it's so mar- it's going to be marvelous. I just know it's going to be marvelous because it's already done for me. I just already believe it. And so then when it happens, I'm just like, oh, I knew it. I, but I already did my praising because his works are marvelous and it's on its way because that's who he is. Psalm 135 verse three, very simple. Praise the Lord for he is good. For he is good. That's why we do it. We praise him simply because he's good. He's just so good. All the time. All the time. All the time. He's good. That's his nature. Wow. 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 Stir yourself up. Stir yourself up. Worship team, let's do this. Let me share a couple more things with you while they're taking their place because we're just going to lift him high. You know, why do we praise him? Acts 1.8 says when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we're having Holy Spirit nights. Are we having Holy Spirit nights? Are we, are we having Holy Spirit nights? When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're a witness. You're a testifier of what? Your God. You're his goodness, his faithfulness. That's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. Right? Make us witnesses. He brings power. And I love this verse. Psalm 106 verse 2. Who can express the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Even if I started right now and I kept talking all the way to midnight, I still wouldn't be able to tell you all of his praise. Who can declare all of his praise? The angels have been circling him for eons and it says every time they say holy 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 because they see a new facet of his amazingness they see a new facet of his grace they see a new facet of his majesty his gloriousness and they say holy holy it's you know like you say holy cow they say holy 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 is the lord but that's where that praise that probably where that phrase comes from holy cow like oh my goodness like How can there be more? How can there be more? And God's telling us there's so much more. 
there's so much more. Let me go back to where I started tonight, where he said, if you will teach my children to worship me more, I'll do great and mighty things for them. Are you ready to talk about him? Let's talk about him. Worship team. I'm just going to let you start. All right, everybody stand up. Let's worship him. Let's worship him.